if you were a part of those audio issues, I apologize. Um, I got it figured out, so we're good on that front. Um, I've just been stupid this whole time. And uh, when I have the stream up on my computer to operate it, um, I haven't muted it. Which is why it's just recycled the audio back and forth and back and forth. Um, if you haven't figured this out by now, I am not not big on technology. Don't know how to use it. Don't really understand it. But we're working through it. Um, what's up, y'all? This is John and Mike back for another episode of the Nothing Finer podcast. Um, man, it feels like forever since we recorded. And it's really only been eight days. Yeah, it has. You're not lying. Yeah. I, I don't know if maybe just a lot's happened. I don't think a lot's happened. I mean, at least not in college football world, not in my life. It just feels like it's been forever. Like, I almost forgot how to do this. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we've 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 been busy at, at uh, in our house with stuff. Uh, baseball season's kicking off for, for us tomorrow. Uh, do tryouts Tuesday, Wednesday, figure it out. Just a busy time. Uh, in our in our house yeah um before we before we get into a bunch of other stuff i want to remind you guys about the merch we have available on the site we are working to get that new shirt up and running um having some communication difficulty with the design team over at millions we're working through but that's coming soon um also i believe we've got a pretty big guest coming down the pipe here shortly um literally and figuratively yes um we're really really excited about that you guys should know here in two three weeks who we're talking about um but it's something we've wanted for a long time we finally got it figured out so we're we're really excited about that um but how are you doing? What are you drinking? Um, I actually have nothing in my hands yesterday or right now because yesterday um, I drank way too much of uh, whatever the fuck I was drinking. I think I'm still feeling it. I think I'm still drunk. But um, might have been bleach by the end. Godly man, you know. Okay, so as you guys know, big Lions fan. It was a it was a tough last uh, what thirty minutes of that game. That. Going up 17 and like doing our best Falcons impression, just just pissing it away. Um, it hurt, I'm not gonna lie, but it was a good season. I it's gonna be hard to get back there, just like Dan Campbell said, but uh, it is what it is. Um, how about you? Um, pretty good, man. Uh, I don't, I don't really know how much I've talked about a few of the things that I'm about to bring up on the show. Um, but I was a big boy again tonight, ate dinner before we recorded. Okay. Um, and last year I grew a bunch of peppers of all sorts, right? Made mm-hmm. some hot sauce a few weeks ago. Really good hot sauce. I, you, I smoked some poblanos, some jalapenos, and a habanero. Blended that up with a bunch of spices, some honey, oh. some brown sugar. And tonight I made carne asada tacos and put that hot sauce on it mm. that was good like that highlight of the week already happened it's monday mm. there you go um but also we've got the uh the big disc golf tournament that i'm helping run this weekend first tournament ever on a national mm. park 
Um, real excited about that. They are more and more excited and talking about putting in a permanent course there, which will be the first ever permanent basket course on a national park. Um, so real, real cool stuff in the personal life there because I've been a part of this thing from like the initial meeting to the design. And now, you know, we're finally getting to do it this weekend. It's been over a year in the works and that's uh, awesome. we're finally getting it done. I'm, I'm super excited. Hell yeah. Um, but I'm busting out one of the bottles that I won from fantasy baseball this past season for the first time, took the wrapper off of it before we got on here tonight. It is an old elk single barrel weeded bourbon. Um, I don't know if you can see it. Can you see the top? Yeah. Yeah. It's designed after an, like a cross section of an elk antler, which is super cool. Um, but this will be the first time I've had barrel proof bourbon since, uh, before Christmas or before new year or not new year's Thanksgiving, one of those holidays. Um, so we'll see, you know, if I'm coherent by the end of it, it'll be fun. I, yeah, I was definitely not coherent at all. Like in the second half of that game. So like, like I said, I'm, I'm still recovering from it. So I don't have, I don't have anything with me. Um, you know, I do feel the need to apologize to you and Lions fans around the country because right before the end of the half, I made the joke in our group chat, are the Lions about to blow the biggest lead in NFC championship history? Because when I sent that, it was a 20 point lead. The largest lead ever blown before was 17. Um, and they did. They did. They, uh... So, the, the, uh, the decision to go for uh, go for a field goal right before the half instead of going for it on, like, what was it, fourth and three or whatever, uh, I think definitely came back to bite them in the ass. That's It's weird because Dan Campbell is the most aggressive coach in, in, uh, in, uh, in the NFL, and he did not do it there. I was I was surprised, but, again, I mean, it, it, it is what it is. They, they decided to let Brock Purdy – or give them the opportunity to have Brock Purdy beat him, and he did. So – yeah, I th- this is a sincere, heartfelt apology to you and Lions fans all over the place. Because I was actually rooting for the Lions. I was just trying to give you shit and get you worked up. <laughs> and then it happened. So I really do feel bad. I'm going to blame you for that and uh, the loss uh, in Gainesville Saturday. Whoa, whoa. You know what? We'll go, ahead, we'll go ahead and talk about basketball before we get to the uh, the main part of it. So, yet again, I don't have the score in front of you. Georgia lost in overtime to, uh, to Florida on Saturday. Uh, it's I think they ended now up close eight. to 1,800 days since Georgia has beaten Florida in basketball. That's unbelievable. But, uh, I mean, it's not, though, because Tom Cream is a big part of that. Correct. Uh, but, I mean, at, what, at one point they're down, what, 20? I was about to say, when I, so I turned the game on because they were down 20 and I was like, man, they're already down 20. Like if I, if I turn it on, what's the worst that happened? They lose by 30. Okay. Someone watch. And then they proceeded to come all the way back to tie it in overtime or to tie it to go to overtime. Mm -hmm. And then 
former co-host of mine, Wes, turned the game off right before it went to overtime. So it's actually his fault. Totally. That's who I meant. I couldn't remember who it was. Yeah. It's all his fault. Yeah, all his Wes fault. turned it off right when the overtime started, and then they lost. Mm-hmm. They still covered, though. Good teams win, great teams cover. Yep, exactly. Um, while we're on non-football sports, man, shout out to the Ice Dogs. When, uh, split the weekend series with Auburn. I just want to reiterate, this is a very fun team to watch. And if you have a local hockey team, that's not great. I'd be willing to bet Georgia's hockey team is better than your local hockey team. I think they're better than the Ghost Pirates, if I'm being entirely honest with you. And that's from someone that goes to half of the Ghost Pirates games. Like, for example, to get to tie Auburn in the second game of the weekend, it was a power play, and they passed it all the way across the width of the ice, and the goal was scored. The guy didn't stop the puck and then shoot it. He shot it while the puck was sliding in from the pass. It was like a 40-foot over-the-shoulder dart to score. 40-foot one-timer. Let's go. Yeah. Like, that's that's not something you see in ECHL games, sadly. I wish it was. Um, I would be a lot less sad. I, yeah. I rationalize my being Ghost Pirates fan the same way that you used to with being a Lions fan. Of, mm-hmm. All my other teams are good, so I have to have pain somewhere. Yeah. You have to be you have to be brought down to earth. Like you have to I mean you have to be humble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the Ghost Pirates losing back to back games six to four or six to two to uh to Jacksonville over the weekend did that to me. Tough. Oh tough, tough. And some asshole fan took my hat before I could get back to the arena. Damn oh. a brand new <laughs> hat. Walked up last Friday to the game to the guest services desk and I was like, hey, Oh, shit. Say something real quick. Yeah, hello. Okay. 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 No, for a second, I thought your audio wasn't recording and I was talking to myself. I was about to feel real stupid. <laughs> um, no, I walk up to guest services. I was like, hey, threw my hat on the ice for the hat trick last weekend. Just looking to, uh, to get it back. And she was like, oh, honey, it ain't here. And she was like, we got some hats over here. And she was like, but it ain't yours. I guarantee that. And I was like, bright red Georgia hat. She's like, baby, that was gone by the by the time we closed that night. She's like, somebody came up here and took it. Damn, that sucks. It does. Yeah. So I'm still on the hunt for a hat. So if you know any cool Georgia hats, shoot them my way. You know where? You know who has cool hats? Who's that? Our uh, our store on millions. My only reason that I haven't bought one of those is that we live in Savannah. I work a good bit outside. I got to have a trucker hat. Let the heat escape. That makes sense. Okay. Got to let the heat escape. I do too much shit outside when it's 100 degrees to have a full whatever material hat. That's fair. Yeah. You know, if I ever move to uh, somewhere that's closer to hell, and by that I mean where it snows, I will absolutely do that. Or if someone decides to give it to me as a gift, I will wear it in the winter time. There you go. Our what? Our three weeks of winter that we have here. Uh, well, last weekend, not yesterday, but like ten plus days ago, it was down to like seventeen, 
And this yeah. weekend, it was 80. Yeah. Give me and those 80 why, winners. And that is why my sinuses are don't know what the hell to do. Yes. I'm dying. I'm still dying. I still can't hear anything. Been sick oh. all month. Fuck you, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that. Mm. What side of my face? You said anything. Yeah. That's... Oh, shit. All right, guys. So we kind of buried the lead at the top. Tonight we are doing our Mount Rushmore of Georgia football players from this century. And we're saying from this century because there's obviously been Georgia Heisman winners during the 20th century. And those guys deserve a place at the top. Point blank period. I mean, they've, they've won the damn Heisman. Like right. back when it was actually respected as the best player, regardless of position in college football. Mm-hmm. So we're doing 21st century. And that, you know, obviously includes the 2000 season all the way up to 2023. Um, and we both, I think we both have a little bit different criteria. Some of it's going to be stats. Some of it's going to be left the biggest impact on the program. Um, stuff like that. But the format we're doing, we're doing a snake draft. And what I'm going to do is uh, I'm going to pull out my phone, tell Google to flip a coin, and have Mike call it in the air, and that determines the order. Um, So I'll tell you when to go. All right. Three, two, one. Tails. It never fails. It did today. You, oh, are you nah, muted? All right. <laughs> okay, no. there we go. Nope. Um, Google coin flip, honestly, not not the most accurate, but sitting here in gym shorts and don't have a quarter in my pocket, so it is what it is. Sure. Um, so, first overall pick. This might, given the recent success, this may surprise some people. But gotta go, Nick Chubb. Wow, one one, one one, Nick Chubb, just like he probably should be in every fantasy football draft. Um, I mean, obviously on the field stuff. He like when you're talking about a Georgia running back in the same sentence as Herschel Walker, that's insane. Right. You're talking about a Georgia running back that did all of that while he wasn't even the highest rated running back in his class could have gone somewhere else at this point. Like this is the 2010s we're talking about mm-hmm. recruiting classes are everywhere. This man, not only did he have a phenomenal freshman season when Todd Gurley was either out or suspended or whatever, but his sophomore year thrown off by injury, his junior year, should have been his money year, came back. Mm-hmm. Did, didn't have the year he wanted. Georgia didn't have the year they wanted. Fired Mark Rick. Uh, arguably second, like top three Georgia coach in the over 100-year history of the program, 140 years. Mm-hmm. And he comes back, leads the returning guys when they come back. Like the press conference of, Kirby Smart being announced as head coach. He had Nick and Sony and Davin Bellamy and Lorenzo Carter saying, we're coming back. 
Yeah, it was such a huge moment for the program and just the belief, uh, you know, to get Kirby started in the right right direction. But I mean, off the field, he is the definition of damn good dog. Still continues it to this day. With all the stuff he does off the field, back for his home in Cedartown, all across the state of Georgia, in Cleveland. I mean, the person, the player, I, I don't think you can go wrong with Nick Chubb being the first guy on your Mount Rushmore of Georgia players. And he does uh, a lot of camps. Like, I mean, he charges a little bit for them, but like he does like camps like locally. He did does, did one in Savannah over the summer, and I'm still yeah. mad that get Lincoln signed up for that. Well, he has no we'll ties to the area, but he did it. We will be, um, we'll both be on the lookout, and you know, when you sign Lincoln up, he'll have two dads that day. <laughs> <laughs> no. Hell yeah. <laughs> oh man all right so you got back-to-back picks here back-to-back that's uh that's apropos because my my one one or i guess this is one two since we're in the draft uh i'm going with stetson bennett and i think i mean for the most part i think it's pretty obvious reasons you know led them to back-to-back championships first First one in 41 years in 21 and came back 15 and 0 uh, in 2022 from walk on two time champion. Just incredible. So, like, just looking at his stats, too. And I had I had it just pulled up a second ago. I had to refine it. Um, so, just take a guess. How many career passing yards do you think he has? Well, he in 2022, he broke Aaron Murray's single season record. Mm-hmm. Um, so, hold on. Try and do some math in my head. I'm going to say 7,500, give or take 200 either way. Nope, not enough. He had uh, 8,429 yards. Good Lord. Dude, I know. Like, it's surprising. Now, granted, he had almost half of that in 2022. But, yeah, yeah he... uh. Passing touchdowns, 66 passing touchdowns in his career, 21 picks. Um, his average yards per attempt was nine and a half uh, passing. Then obviously, you know, he did some work on the ground as well. But, you know, being, being a sub, you know, an under six-foot guy, again, going from walk-on to two-time champion, just, I mean, incredible. Like, if, if somebody's going to get a statue and it's not Herschel Walker, it's either going to be Stetson or... Oh, I lost you for a second. Hours, Yeah. All right, last yeah. thing I heard is Uh-oh. if somebody's going to get a statue that's not Herschel Walker, it's... It's Stetson Bennett. Or my next pick, which is Brock Bowers. Damn it. I was thinking about going 1-1 one, one with Bowers. Yeah, I I was shocked. I did not I did not think I was going to get both of them. So I'm thrilled. So with uh with Brock, uh, you know, 2021 obviously came in as a freshman just right away, 882 yards receiving, 13 touchdowns in that uh you know national championship year. Followed up in 2022, the undefeated season, almost a thousand yards, came very close, 942, uh, seven touchdowns. You know, had 109 rushing yards as well, so over a thousand all-purpose yards. Then last year, somewhat injury-ridden, they only played in 10 games, 714 yards. So overall, 2,500 yards receiving, uh, 26 touchdowns, almost 200 yards rushing in his career. Uh, the dude's the two-time Mackey Award winner. The only guy to ever do that. The greatest um, college football tight end ever played the game. 
Yeah, I don't think you. Could, I don't even think that's debatable. Yeah, all these mock drafts that I see him going late first round, they're insane. They, those the the early mock drafts like the Mel Kiper like one shit could not be further from like how it's actually going to go down. Like it is, there's no way he's he's a top ten player. Yeah, like I, I don't see how it can be. I don't understand how you can say Kyle Pitts. Like some people are arguing Kyle Pitts should have been the first player drafted. Mm-hmm. But then you're saying, oh, Brock Bowers' second half of the first round. Like, wh- what? Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Granted, I mean, again, granted, he was injured, you know, that, to end the year. But again, I mean, it's football. I mean, you're going to get hurt. Nick Chubb, Todd Gurley, all these guys, you know, got hurt in college and still had really, really good NFL careers. So, it's, yeah, it's it's wild. Yeah. All right. Second round, pick two. I think you're not going to expect this one either. Okay. Terrence Edwards. Damn it. <laughs> I, 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 he was going to be on there. Terrence Edwards, the only Georgia receiver to ever go over 1,000 yards with 1,003 in that season. I, I mean, not only that, he just re- he just accepted the position as a head high school football coach. He's been coaching wide receivers and tight ends all across the country for years now. I mean, he has been one of the go-to guys for both NFL and college coaches when they're trying to get the real deal lowdown on a wide receiver. And like I said, man, only Georgia receiver to ever get over 1,000 yards. And that's, I mean, Georgia had guys, we're going back to the 90s in this, but you had Heinz Ward, A.J. Mm -hmm. Green, George Pickens, Malcolm Mitchell, all these guys, Brock Bowers. Brock Brock Bowers, Bowers, yeah. Bowers would have done it this year if he hadn't gotten hurt. I don't think that's right. much of a question. But mm. there's one guy that stands, I believe, 11 yards over the next. It's Terrence Edwards. Yep. So, and super underrated, too. Like, he's he's held that record for, again, for damn almost, near 20 years. Yeah, I was about to say, almost 20 years now. Which is crazy that we haven't had a we really have not had a thousand yard receiver in in that amount of time. I think it's because of the emphasis that both Mark Rick and Kirby have put on spreading the ball around with their offenses. I mean, while Georgia's not had a thousand yard receiver, they've had multiple guys hit seven hundred. Yeah, like when you have three or four guys at seven hundred, another two guys at four hundred, it's you know. Nobody nobody gets all of the love. No. So it's just kind of the kind of a uh, function of the offense, but at the same time, when you've won two titles out of the last three, can you really be mad at the offense? No. Well, unless you're stupid. And what I dude, I saw people trying to hate on Bobo again today. I don't I don't get it. I don't either. Get it. It's crazy. Alright, oh. who you got next? Oh, Oh, boy. I completely forgot that I was coming around to this. Um, All right. Looking at one of two guys, you tell me one or two. One. Roquan Smith. Okay. Roquan Smith. So, during that 2017 season, I really think that if you were looking at oh. the best player Uh-oh. 
You there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. In that 2017 season, if you were looking at the best player, regardless of position, to win the Heisman Trophy, Roquan Smith was the best player at their at his position of any player of any position in the country in 2017. Mm-hmm. Not only that, that was only his second year getting significant snaps. In 2015, he didn't really play. 2016 got more snaps. 2017, his first year as the guy, with the second guy rotating through. Roquan Smith played something like 80% of the snaps that season and still made such an impact on the team. He won the Bed and Eric Award, top 10 draft pick, one of the best three linebackers in the NFL today. I mean, yeah, Roquan absolutely. Smith, between the 2018 NFL season and the 2023 NFL season, I think it would be hard to argue he's not getting in the Hall of Fame in the first five years of his career. I mean, yeah, he he's a fucking killer. And because he's made an All-American team, he is eligible for the College Football Hall of Fame. There we go. Something that I don't think the only player we mentioned to this point that is eligible for the college football hall of fame brock bowers yeah i don't even what, what's the cri- i know the you know the all-american you know the criteria and all that but like how long do you have to not be in college football in order to be uh selected for it for the that's, hall of fame? that's a great question i don't really know um it's like pollock just went in he's been out of college football for like 20 years i'll look it up while you're going through your pick okay all right, so my last two picks. Uh, number three, I just mentioned his name, David Pollock. So we got it right here. So just some uh, some awards that he's uh, that he got. Benderic Award in 2004, Lot Trophy in 04, the Lombardi Award, which I don't know what that is, but in 2004. Um, he's a three-time All-American, 2002, 2003, 2004. Can you which... name the other... University of Georgia. Well, there's two now. Can you Mm. name the one that hasn't already been mentioned tonight? Three-time All-American from the University of Georgia. Hmm. Was it Champ? Matt Stinchcomb. No shit. Yeah, okay. Damn. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Just random thought. No, no, that was good. Um... Yeah, but three, yeah, three-time All-American, three-time first-team All-SEC, two-time SEC Player of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, and just you know to throw it in there, two other things: 2005 Outback Bowl MVP. You can't take that away. Um, and then he's also in the Georgia Florida Hall of Fame. So, I mean, dude, I mean, just just on the one play alone again that he had against South Carolina, like the uh, strip sack interception, whatever the fuck you want to call that, uh, that oh, like yeah. essentially was like the like won them the game incredible like dude it's a shame that he his uh, nfl career didn't last obviously he had the you know neck issues and whatnot um only played a couple years for uh for cincinnati but damn i mean damn good dog all around yeah no i the one i did a few years ago um i did one of these a few years ago for the saturday down south facebook group and pollock was definitely on there 100 mm-hmm. yeah um all right my 
last. Wait, wait, it's me. It's me. I'm saying. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. My bad, my bad, my bad. No, it's all good. Uh, my last one. Uh, I didn't want to. I didn't want to lean too heavily on, you know, the last like two years. That's obviously somewhat short sighted. But then again, at the same time, most successful, you know, two, three, four year stretch that we've had in program history. So, with that said, I'm still going to go with that. Uh, my uh, my fourth and last pick is Jordan Davis. That was two when I told you to pick one. Or Hell two. yeah! Yes. <laughs> um. So, okay, with with Jordan, it's it's not so much his stats as he wasn't like again stuff in the stat sheet or anything like that. It was just his his presence, his aura, is all that. I mean, dude is killing it with the Eagles right now. The last last two years, especially this year, did really well. Um, but just like this larger life uh, persona. Oh, I lost you again. It's impossible to hate this guy. You can't. Like, I'm damn. Hello. Yeah, last thing I heard is larger than life persona. Yeah, he. I think it's impossible for anyone to really hate him, even if you're, uh, you know, an opposing, you know, fan base. Like he's a very, very likable dude. Um, I mean, he was the linchpin of mm-hmm. the number one rushing defense in the country two years straight. Yeah. Like I. Just, that should really all that. That's really all that needs to be said about that. Mm-hmm. I mean, so overall, so uh, in his uh, in his career, and it, again, this goes to the fact that he didn't necessarily like stuff a stat sheet or anything like that. Um, do you want to take a guess at how many career tackles he has? Yeah, at Georgia. All right, I'm trying to think. Trying to think. It's gonna shock you. All right, then I'm gonna go much lower than I would have initially. Say fifty four. Lower. Oh. 30. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. No, um, my bad. Uh, solo tackles, he only has 37. But total tackles, you know, solo and assisted, he has 90. I was looking at the wrong thing. Okay. Solo tackles at 30. I mean, it's hard to get a solo tackle as yeah, defensive an lineman. interior defensive lineman because yeah. everybody's around you. But, yeah, no, that's mm-hmm. that's still wild. Yeah. So, like, overall, um, 11 and a half uh, tackles for loss and seven sacks in four years. But I again, guess, I was gonna guess eight sacks. Yeah, and that's from uh, that's from uh, Sports Reference. So, you know, sometimes I get some things wrong. For the most part, they're pretty good. But I again, say, I mean, they're still the easiest stat website on the internet. Yeah, it, absolutely. They, but he, I mean, like I said, he it wasn't necessarily about you know, you know, stuff in the stat sheet or anything like that. I mean, he was just like you know, like the anchor for like a. The, generational defense arguably the best defense of the 21st century i would say uh, i think with the modernization modernization of college football the 2021 defense is easily the best of all time they, mm-hmm. and if you're gonna say no you're gonna have to have a damn good argument right because like teams pass it they get i mean not like what was it like the 2001 miami team that had all those like you know pro bowlers and all pros and shit on it but even at that time it's still for the most part, it's still a three yards in a cloud of dust type, uh, yep. no big deal. And it's obviously not what Georgia faced uh, in the majority of their games in 21. So, again, uh, Jordan Davis, my fourth and final uh, member of the Georgia Mount Rushmore. All right. My last pick. A guy that defined an era at the University of Georgia. 
And that is the one and only Aaron Murray. I don't, oh. I don't think you can have one of these lists without including Aaron Murray. And I say that because he was... I mean, he went from his very first season, redshirt quarterback, eye formation every play, three yards in a cloud of dust, time and time again. And then you get to the 2013-2014 offenses where they trusted them, he was their guy, and then you have that 2013 LSU game. You have the 2014 entire season where the running game was non-existent. It was pretty much all on him. Mm -hmm. Or 2013 was that same season, my bad. Um, so, but just to go over his career accolades, because I don't think this can be understated or overstated SEC passing touchdown leader. That's over guys like Eli Manning, Peyton Manning, Matthew Stafford, Mm -hmm. all of the phenomenal quarterbacks that have played in the SEC throughout the years. He is the SEC career passing yards leader over other guys that started for three years, like Eli, Peyton, Matthew, over Bill Joe Rogers. Burrow after Burrow passed for like 7,000 yards in a single season. Mm-hmm. He is two-time second-team All-SEC. He was a freshman All-SEC player, third-team All-American, freshman All-American. I just... It's hard to have a quarter. It's hard to have a conversation about the greatest quarterbacks in the history of the university without Aaron Murray being in that conversation. Mm-hmm. That's that's definitely fair. I so like. Do you want to do like honorable mentions? Yes. Okay. Where? I didn't want to put two on my list. I I would have put Matt Stafford on there before Aaron. What? Really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, and and part of that has to do with you know, that, that whole like 2007 like uh, you know lead up and build up like that first time they had been number one in the in the, uh, the preseason poll and like you know forever and all that and uh, obviously he went on to have like you know great like NFL success and everything but like really like at least that I could think of like the first, not, I don't want to say the first like mega recruit, but like he was a five-star kid out of, out of, uh, uh, out of Texas and all that. And just looking at his highlights still, my like, God damn, he was like so good. I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I get it. I get it. Um, I just think with, with the records that Aaron Murray still holds, like yep. SEC records, mm-hmm. I mean, there was, there's only been one player ever to come close since he got out of the SEC to his passing touchdown record, and that mm. was Will Rogers. And he got close. I think that the passing yard one, I think he was like, what, less than 100 yards away from breaking the passing? Uh, he was or... he was real close to the passing touchdowns. I don't know about passing yards. I know. I think because he – I think he did an interview with uh... – I guess, no, I think Aaron Murray did an interview with Connor, and I think he had said it was, like, really, really close, like, less than, like, 300 yards, I think. I can't remember the exact one. That was that was a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I'm – all right, so passing touchdowns. Yeah, he's got the passing touchdown one. I know that. So, Will Rogers had 94 to Aaron Murray's 121. Okay, so that – yeah, okay. Passing yards – 
is Aaron Murray is one thousand or thirteen thousand one hundred sixty six. Will Rogers twelve thousand three hundred fifteen. Oh, okay. So it was okay. He needed eight hundred yards or so. Yeah, so that, that could have been like two games. Yeah. Yeah. But Aaron Murray still holds those. And based on the way that transfer portal and guys are leaving early, probably be a long time for, uh, before he's really threatened with that. Mm-hmm. For sure. And, I mean, it's safe because Will Rogers is uh, is staying in Washington. So. Yes. Secured. All right. My honorable mention. I'll be honest. I had a lot of names in the list. Um, I'm trying to do. Uh, I'm trying to narrow it down. See, I've got a couple that are that are funny, like as a intentional joke. But, but trying to come up with with a serious one like you did, you know, <laughs> thought we were thought we were for the, doing it for the laughs here. Oh, I can do some. I can do some uh, some for the laughs. Um, I mean, if we're okay, let me let me get serious here. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna go another defensive guy. Okay. And I'm gonna say Lorenzo Carter. Ooh. Yeah. So, okay. I mean, obviously he did a lot in his career before that 2017 season, but deciding to come back, deciding that 2016 wasn't good enough. I mean, with that press conference with the four players we talked about earlier, they literally said, we lost to Florida, we lost to Tech, that ain't happening again. We're mm-hmm. coming back specifically to beat the shit out of those two teams. They did it. Yeah. One. But Notre Dame 2017, right? Like that was that was the game that really kind of got the boulder rolling down the hill that couldn't be stopped. Yeah. Lorenzo Carter is the one that recovers the fumble from Davin Bellamy. I, I almost feel like Bellamy and Lorenzo Carter should be 1A, 1B here for honorable mention because they were a tandem that could not be stopped in that 2017 season. But yeah. block kick time after time, Lorenzo mm-hmm. Carter. Block kick to win the Rose Bowl. Yeah. Lorenzo Carter. The guy that made multiple plays to win the 2017 SEC Championship, first one in 12 years, Lorenzo Carter. Like, he meant more for starting the Kirby mm. era than almost any other player not named Nick Chubb or Sonny Michelle. Hmm. It's hard to argue that. I was, uh, so, like, another defensive player I was going to throw on there that I thought about was uh was Thomas Davis. Now that's throwing it way back like to early the early thousands. But dude, I mean I mean Insane obviously dude had a crazy career. Yeah. And and the fucking pros too. He played what he was a a, a middle linebacker for or a linebacker in Carolina for what, fourteen the, years? The most wild thing about Thomas Davis, and I've had the opportunity to meet him in the bookstore after a game one day. Um is that he's not like he's strong as shit. Don't get me wrong, but like his height, he's not that much taller than me. Maybe a couple inches, and I'm five eleven, so I'm like above yeah, average height. 
Yeah, but, his his Wikipedia says he's six foot one, or he was yeah. six foot. Yeah, like six foot one is middle linebacker in the NFL to make as many All Pro teams as he did. Tore mm-hmm. both ACLs multiple times. Continued to play. He was a safety in college and was so damn good, but a little too big. And a team drafted him was like, "You're going to be our middle linebacker of the next twenty years." Yeah. He. So he was drafted uh, the 14th overall pick in 2005 and then just retired. Oh, shit, he played for Washington? Huh. Interesting. I think he had a late in his career. It was a couple seasons, right? Yeah, he played So played 13 or 14 years for Carolina, a year with the Chargers, and then uh, and then with the uh, Washington football team. So Damn. what year did he retire? 20... It must have been 2020. Yeah, I was about to say it had to be 2020 if he played for the football team. Yeah, <laughs> the football team. Uh, but I mean, even like again, like pro career. I mean, what was a, a first team All Pro in 2015? It's so like later in his career uh, than consensus All American in 2004, first team All SEC in 2004, second team All SEC in 2003. Uh, Not even the position that he made All Pros in in the NFL. Yeah, yeah, for real. Dude had 1,200 tackles in the NFL. Crazy, 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 considering all the injuries that he had and everything. So Thomas Davis would be another one I'd put up there for sure. Yeah, honestly, I don't, I forgot that he played in the 2000s. I thought it was the late 90s. Like, he's well, just go, that much yeah. of an Iron Man. I thought he, like, his last season was 99, and he was still playing in the NFL 20 years later. Mm-hmm. That's why, I, for whatever reason, I was going to say champ, but I know he was in the, you know, there with Kirby and all that, so... I almost went home. And if but we did, if we did Georgia players of the last thirty years, I was gonna put Kirby on mine, but we did twenty first century. Yeah, he had a lot of picks. He did. I mean, he had the record for a long time, but then, yeah. you know, when you bring in his coaching into it, it just yeah. Day one, a one. Yeah. Um. So that does it for us on the um. On the Mount Rushmore's, we got four guys, both of us. Honorable mention each. Um, we are going to put them on social media, put them up for a vote. So if you guys want to uh, head over there, tell us who you think had the better Mount Rushmore. We'd appreciate all that interaction. Um, but we're going to try a new segment. Um, so be honest with us. If you like it, let us know. If you hate it, let us know. Um, but honestly, it's just... It's just an opportunity for me to rant of something that's pissed me off in the last week. Um, So we're going to call this segment Pickers Pissed Off. Um, So for the first one we're going to do, given, you know, in light of the weather in our area lately, Mm. can somebody tell me why you buy allergy medicine? Claritin, Allegra, Zyrtec. If you buy it in little boxes, you have to take it out of the box you have to fold the shit out of it to get it to split apart. And you have to do it again because they decide to terribly perforate these metallic little pieces of shit. Mm. And then instead of just peeling a cornerback, they're like, hey, so you're taking 24-hour Allegra D. You obviously don't feel good. But here's what we want you to do. We want you to go find the scissors and one of the drawers in your kitchen that we know you're not going to be able to find. Or... You're going to have to use some He-Man strength without being able to breathe 
and rip this package open without breaking the pill. Because if you break the pill while you're trying to get out of that damn thing, all you taste is medicine for the next 24 hours. I don't care what you eat. I don't care what you drink. All you're doing is tasting Claritin for 24 hours. And then yeah. at the end of it, you still can't breathe for like six. Why am I taking a 24-hour pill if you're not going to work for six hours? Like, I got some sinus problems. Why, why am I going through 18 different steps to take a pill? Mm. Oh, go buy a 100-count bottle. Look, I might be 28 years old now. I might make enough money to own a house and a car. I am not an adult enough to keep up with a bottle of Claritin for a year. I'm not. I'm just going to be honest. A <laughs> hundred count of Claritin, I'm going to buy another one in three months. Yeah. And that's after going six weeks without taking one because I have no clue where that first one is. So I'm with you. Yeah. These, these sinus medicine companies re really got to understand the demographic that has taken these things and then put it in a bottle or make it not a 12 step program to get into the damn medicine. Yeah. Like nobody out here in 2024 is trying to make meth out of Allegra. Calm down. Yeah. Just, just put the, like, I don't even give a shit. Give, put, give me Allegra in a Ziploc with a sticker on it. Cool. Mm -hmm. You can even burn it, make it look like a drug deal. I don't care. Stop making me work so hard to take Sam sinus medicine. Uh, shoot, I'm with you, man. Totally. It, piss, it pisses me off quite a bit. Just, I, just believe. I'm legitimately to the point where when I go to take sinus medicine every night, I get the box out and throw it in my wife. Because she got nails. You, you do it. Like, she'll sit there. The first time I took it, after we got this new box, she watched me struggle for a legitimate three minutes. And was like, do you need help? Yes. Yes, I, I need help in all of the ways. I need all of the help. Mm -hmm. All right. That's going to do it for us here. Like I said, let us know if you like it. The, uh, the last segment we did where I just rant about something that pissed me off in the last week. Let us know if you hate it. Really, be honest. We need to know if, uh, if you're going to tune out or if you're going to keep listening. Um, don't forget to check out our social media to find out, um, when the new merch is dropping, when we're doing that, um, huge big time guest we've got coming up here soon, all the stuff, check out our socials for the Mount Rushmore vote. Um, but on Twitter, it's at finder pod. Instagram is nothing.finder.pod. Just look us up on Facebook and YouTube. Um, don't and forget vote. to like and subscribe to YouTube. Vote mm -hmm. and connect Savannah. The actual voting, not nomination, starts on January 31st. That is in two days from right now. Um, so if you're listening this day after it comes out, it's tomorrow. Please vote. Help us get the word out locally. Um, and as always, guys, remember, there is nothing finer in the land. Than a drunk obnoxious Georgia fan. Third and a mile. Duggan from the two will throw it all the way across the field. It's picked up by Bullardy. Bullard got it again. And Bennett to throw, lobs it to the right corner. There's McConkey. He got on his donkey and made a sliding catch in the right corner. Touchdown!